0: Good afternoon, everyone. James Hicks here from Hicks New Media and Infotainment News. Uh, Today, great show, going to be some entertaining entertaining conversation, going to be some folks that uh, are passionate about what they do, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Uh, Behind the curtain, I am pleased to be joined by two amazing photographers. Uh, Each one looks through the lens in their own different perspective, in their own unique way. Today, we're going to spend a little time talking about their individual crafts and what drives them, talk about how they got started, uh, gather some tips, maybe some best practices, uh, and really maybe even get some perspective that they can share for, for us in offices in terms of how we can make our, our photographs look better as well. Nick Rahor, FIA, WEC, and SROGT. What that stands for, I don't know, but he's going to tell us but he is an accredited automotive and motorcycle, uh, motorsport photographer based out of Austin, Texas. Uh, Daryl hails from Philadelphia and is a Boxing Writers Association of America award winner. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Nick Rayhor and Daryl Cobb. Gentlemen, how you guys doing? Doing well, sir. Dell, you, know, you know you 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 were like right on time. Man. We we sh- we shoot at twelve and you showed up at twelve oh two. But uh, I, I see you though, man. You doing all right? Oh and you on mute too, brother. You on mute. Oh my goodness. You're gonna turn this into a comedy show. So.
1: I might just do that. You never know. <laughs> um, we, <laughs> we we have a very um um where my studio is, yeah. Is it's very congested because there was looks like there was an outreach. Um, Where I'm at is in the heart of the the opiate epidemic. So it looks like a church was giving out meals today. Okay, that happens on Sunday. So that created a lot of traffic for me.
0: No worries. No worries. Real life is happening. Things are happening all all over the place. So you got to bend and and be flexible. So, But uh, thank you guys both for taking some time to to join us today. Um, My idea is just to sit here and talk to you guys about what it is you do, right? Your your craft. I, I, I know your work and it's, it's fantastic from, from both perspectives. Uh, I'm not even going to pretend I'm anywhere near the skill, and I know there are folks that are watching that want to probably understand what it is that you do as well. Uh, let me start with you, Nick. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what some of those acronyms are that I, that I read off, FIA, WEC, SRO, and things of that nature. Talk to us a little bit about that,
2: bro. Yeah, man, for sure. So the uh, the FIA is a governing body uh, based out of France. It roughly translates to Federation of International Auto Racing. So they're the governing body that handles the WEC, which is the World Endurance Championship. So um, earlier this year, the WEC made a stop in Austin. Uh, I gained accreditation for it and became a, a FIA accredited photographer. Um, so what that means is kind of getting my foot in the door to be able to look at doing more endurance races or bigger events because I've, I've had the credential. Um, actually I still have the credential hanging off of one of the champagne bottles from the race. Um, and then, uh, SRO is a, a group here in the United States that, uh, sponsors a GT racing series. So they are a motorsport group. That's also an auto dealership. Um, they own this entire, Uh, world of racing they're actually here at circuit of the americas this weekend however Mm -hmm. it is closed to uh non-full-time uh photographers and uh spectators and so i'm not a full-time because i'd have to be linked up with uh the full organization and i didn't have the time and with covid there was no way to be able to 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 sync up that way so unfortunately i couldn't go otherwise i'd probably be there instead of right here um, but you know, it, it, it is what it is. So those are two of the series that I've officially, uh, shot for, uh, and hopefully, you know, just the, the, beginning of many more.
0: Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So, so your motorsports, uh, is, is it mainly cars or do you do, do, you do cycles as well? I mean, what, what, what's that whole gamut of your portfolio look like in terms of what you, what you shoot?
2: So mostly cars. Uh, specifically around racing, but I do still enjoy, uh, you know, cars and coffee, um, seeing somebody who's got a really cool build, muscle cars, imports, German, uh, you name it. Like if it's got four wheels and a motor, I'm likely to be interested. Um, not that I don't like motorcycles, but my passion has always been in, uh, automotive motorsport. So, um, I would love the opportunity to shoot motorcycles. Um, I just haven't had the, the ability to do so yet. Okay, okay,
0: Mr. Cobb, you're a little different. You're you're uh, you're you're definitely on the action side, right? On on, on well, you're both on the action side, but you're a little more on on the contact side of, of 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 sports photography. Talk to us a little bit about your 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 focus in that in that perspective.
1: Believe it or not, um, the action to me is secondary. Um, the primary mm-hmm. mission is showing the athletes as living, breathing, three-dimensional human beings who just happen to put it all in a line in a squared circle. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So I tend to focus on the drama, the moment, um, the real struggle between two athletes in the ring. And I try to bring life to that so those are memorable moments for just not just the people watching, but for the athletes themselves.
0: And. and I will take that and, and I will I will dive into a little bit that d- deeper because looking at your photography, looking at your portfolio, I have noticed that it's not always just about that punch or it's not always about that, um, yeah, that action piece that's happening inside the ring. But you really do focus on, on the eyes. You focus on the actual, you try to capture that personality of, of the athlete in your photography. You use a lot of good shadowing and contrast in your black black and white uh uh, photos that you use. So it's, it's good. It's good to hear you say that because I can definitely see that in, in the work that you produce. And, and, and Nick, definitely your, your photos. I'm looking at those, your yeah. utilization of shutter speeds and, 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 aperture rates, being able to capture mov- movement, being able to slow down someone that's going 200 miles an hour on a track and you're able to show just kind of that whole dynamic aspect. So I, I love what each of you guys do. Uh, Daryl, let me let me ask you: What type of uh, camera do you shoot with?
1: Um, I shoot with um, a couple. Um, uh, my main body is a Nikon D four, um, and then my two backup bodies are a Nikon D three and a Nikon D seventy one hundred.
0: Okay, okay. I, I think I got some Nikon guys here. You know, I think so. I know. I see. I see you down there smiling, Nick. <laughs> talk, talk to us. What what what's in your what's in your toolkit,
2: brother? Uh, so the the primary is a a, a Nikon D five hundred. And then the backup is a Nikon D 7,200. So not too terribly different from, uh, Daryl just in, uh, mostly the or the, uh, sensor size. So I use only crop sensors, mostly because it fit within the budget that I can actually afford to be able to shoot with. Um, and having that crop sensor gives me a little extra reach at the track when I need it. Um, uh, since you, you're, you apply that crop factor to your zoom, so I can get a little bit more length out of it. Um eventually, the goal would be to go you know full frame, but with prices the way they are, I mean, I'm looking at two bodies being used at least you know two to three thousand dollars yeah. depending on what I go yeah. with. It's not quite in the cards at the moment, but um, yeah, that's kind of what I've got at the moment all right,
0: so I got two nikon guys i'm a I'm a sony man at heart um you guys obviously are DSLR, DSLR versus mirrorless too. Talk to me about how that f- f- decision, if that's a conscious decision, or are you eventually looking at moving into the mirrorless uh, world?
1: Well, I'm. Um, for me, when I started shooting boxing or even photography, period, there was no mirrorless cameras. Yeah. Um, unless you were talking about the point and shoots. Um, so my choice was based on did I want to shoot stills or shoot video. Um, as, for, as for mirrorless, um, my mentor, um, Dave Spagnolo, when it comes to boxing, um, he's actually already made the jump. One of the greatest um, boxing photographers out of Japan, Naoki, has made the jump, and he's an ambassador. So mirrorless is definitely something I'm thinking about.
2: Yeah, I think it's something that I've considered as well. Um, It's definitely less proven in the motorsport world. Um, I see a lot of people walking around with a lot of the Sony A7 and A9s. Um, Yeah, yeah. I definitely see it a lot at NFL. If you look at the NFL sideline or um, NBA, you'll see a lot of those. Um, It's good because the focus tracking on a lot of those devices is really good for following faces and you can really use that facial awareness feature to be able to follow people. You can't really do that quite as well with a car, so you're still gonna have to manually focus and manually track your subject and make sure you're framing it the right way. Um, Canon has made a huge, huge, huge jump in that realm with the release of the, is uh, it the R5 and the R6? Um, and those look very promising, but I don't know anybody's first-hand used them within motorsport, so I think the DSLR Still has a number of years in that realm before it is probably supplanted. Um, yeah. But I mean, every every guy that I know that I've shot with has shot on a standard DSLR, and the okay. pros that I look up to still use the DSLR. Um, doesn't necessarily make one better than the other, though.
1: And, and I, honestly, I
0: mean, I'm
1: thinking, okay. Oh, honestly, I'm not looking at mirrorless for boxing um, because. I'm actually pretty fine with a the DSLR there. I'm actually looking at more of a mirrorless for studio work and maybe events.
0: Okay, okay. And, and I'm thinking even just from a inventory perspective, right, There seem, there's definitely more, more lenses and more options available for your traditional DSLRs as, as there are for mirrorless. And then, as Nick was kind of saying, pricing starts going in, in a definite hockey stick when you start looking at... Um, lower focal points and, and things like that so uh I, i've had a number of, of cameras i, I saw a, a comment here from cory sanders talking about canon versus sony and, and and nikon i've had some nikons before too but uh r- right now i'm sticking with the little pocket um mirrorless sony just to try to do do what, do what i do but um let me ask you something daryl you you talked a little bit about studio work as opposed to just being uh on the side of the ring and you you've got some excellent uh collections of, photog- of photographs as well. Talk to us about kind of what that jump has been or has that been a switch right in terms of going and 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 photographing action sports to doing more studio work with with models and things like that
1: Well, I started to doing studio work because boxing is so fast and if you're not thinking fast, you can't really compose shots because you'll miss opportunities. You're three minutes of totally zoned in looking for fleeting moments. So in order to get better at my boxing photography, I had to slow the process way down. And that's how I started doing studio work because it's as slow as you need it to be and you're in control of your space entirely.
0: Okay. Okay. And our are all of your shots shot within your studio or do you, or ha- I haven't seen any like where, where you go on, on site. I know it's pretty tough right now with COVID and things of that nature, but I'm just wondering, do you have a specific style? Do you have a specific genre? Do you have you a know, specific theme at when, when you have a model or, or do you work individually with wherever you're, you're shooting?
1: Well, as you've probably seen from my studio website or Instagram page, it's all black and white. Yeah. And, and that's what I gear towards. And I do some stuff on location. Um, I pick certain spots in Center City, which is the, the downtown area of Philadelphia. And then I have a nice little place outside my studio. But um, that's normally what I gravitate to is I try to take the, the attitude of the model and really merge that to what I'm shooting. Um, photographers I look up to are like Peter Lindbergh, Albert Watson, um, Dallas J. Logan he shoots out of California um, these are great photographers that influence my work heavily Howard Schatz is another one so if you want to know more about my work those are three guys those are four guys you can actually look to
0: okay okay just take a look at that at that portfolio which, again, which is amazing um uh- Nick, talk to us a little bit about your work. Uh, I've, got, I've got your page up here as well. Uh, again, so you, you said literally right now you're watching, you're, you're watching something right now. You, you got one eye on, on the camera here and one eye on, on probably television. What, what's happening right now that, that's got you multitasking?
2: So this weekend, um, if you click on that photo right there uh, that you got your mouse on, so um, that is one of the Toyota uh, hybrid uh, Hypercars that's currently racing at uh, the 24-hour of Le Mans in Le Mans, France. Um, so normally every year, first or second weekend of June, uh, COVID has delayed it for the first, or sorry, second time in the 98 years that they've been running this race um, to a different date. And so it's currently going on. Uh, they're in their night spent at the moment. And uh, I've been up since 7.30 Central uh, watching the race. Um, I will probably watch you know, 16, 17 hours of the entire race. It'll end at 730 Central tomorrow morning, and I will watch the end of the race. So um, to me, it's uh, one of the biggest, greatest spectacles in motorsport uh, right alongside the Indy 500. So it's one of those bucket list items that I would love to have an opportunity not only to go to, but of course, to photograph that.
0: Definitely. So you're, you're watching the event right now, but you're not necessarily watching it as kind of as a spectator, as as kind of maybe the layman, I I would say me, but you're watching it again, looking at it from from your view, from your lens, figuring out how how would I capture this particular moment and and things of that nature probably, right? So it's a little Uh, stressful for you
2: right now. A little bit. I think it's kind of like how I view with music, being a musician as well, is I I take kind of a analytical approach to a lot of things that I see. So I'm looking at um, how, uh, mostly what I'm watching is uh, other than the entertainment aspect, which is when I'm not there, it's a huge priority. I, I want to be entertained. I'm looking for things like, how is the light playing across the track? Where are the negative spaces? Where do the cars look big? Where do they look small? Um, where are areas of action? And then how can I take that and then translate it to just other things that I'm doing? Because um, the one thing that I, I've, I wouldn't say I've always struggled with, but I definitely struggled with a lot was how do I frame a shot? Um, using the natural elements that's there because at a racetrack you have porta potties and you have people and food stands and you have trucks all over the place and it's like how do you how do you make that look good you know it, it doesn't look good if you have a car and then you see a row of 20 porta johns in the background you know it doesn't doesn't look that great so how can i take that same scene and suddenly make it appealing if that makes sense so I try to look at it like that as the secondary thing. Um, For this weekend, it's mostly entertainment, to be honest, because I just love racing, but I do try to find those things here and there.
0: That's interesting. And and Daryl, I'm going to ask you kind of the same type of question and and ask your response because, again, Nick, you're at the race, you've got half a second or wherever as as the cars are going around the track, so again, you've got to think very quickly about framing that shot. And Daryl, you were saying you've got three minutes. You've got the length of a round, right, to try to capture all of that excitement, all of that activity in a handful full of shots. What, what, what goes through your thought process again as you're making sure you get that that winning shot, right? Is it the one right before the the heavy hit? What right, the one at the knockdown? Is it, you know what, what goes into your your thought process as you as you lift the lens up?
1: Um. Honestly, the thing that goes to my thought press the most is, please do not trip any of the fighters. <laughs> that would be bad, that would be a bad day, man. That would be. Yeah. <laughs> that happened at a Triple G fight, and I got so many text messages. Like, was that you? Like, no, I'm way in the stands. I was nowhere near that. <laughs> um, but um, when you're you just try to follow the action and you try to anticipate. It's almost like being a fighter because you have to anticipate the shot. If you see the shot in frame, you missed it. No matter how fast your reaction in time is. So you got to actually almost predetermine when that shot's going to land. And you can only do that by knowing the people in the ring or just knowing <laughs> boxing in general. So I'm fortunate enough to lean on a lot of people who have sat with me and I've spent some time in gyms just to really – get that timing down
0: okay it almost makes me wonder again now that we got the advantage of digital photography is it easier now because you can just push the shutter button and you can capture multiple frames you know right a burst as opposed to back in the day when they were when folks were using film right you had that one shot and you, and you had to get it 70% of the time, there was, there was some blur to it, but uh, I, I almost wonder, is, is it easier now to do what it is that you guys do versus what you think uh, some of the, some of the heritage, heritage folks are?
1: Yes and no, um, because um, for one, um, during, the, during the film days, there was things called motor drives, so they were able to burst off five okay. and six shots per second Which was, um, the camera I started out with, the Nikon D80, was only three shots per second. Is it easier? Yes. Is it harder to make something more memorable? Yes. Because we all remember Neil Lifer's shot with um, Ali over Liston. But today, since so many things are good, it's very hard to make a standout shot. That'll be iconic.
0: That's an interesting point, Nick. What what are your, what are your thoughts? That's that's really interesting, and, and I, I love how you, you bring, bring it home with that shot because everyone knows that shot, right? Everyone knows. It. I, I've got I I have it in my art.com dot com actually uh, wish list to actually get that to to put on my wall, so I so I, I know that shot. Uh, Nick, what are your thoughts about that?
2: I, I think I definitely have to agree with with Daryl on this. I mean, I didn't start shooting on film. I I started shooting years ago using a digital SLR that my, my mom had, you know, and it was shooting my sister playing soccer and things like that. And then in the more recent years, you know, upgrading equipment and being able to, to do more because I, I kinda re ignited the passion only a number of years ago. So really just kinda getting back in and relearning, there's a certain feeling with film that can't really be replicated. Um, There's a lot of iconic images in the 70s and 80s of Formula One back when, um, as they say, the, the racing was dangerous and the sex was safe um there's there's these iconic images of put that cars. on a t-shirt brother
0: that no i need you to put that on a t-shirt
2: we'll, we'll buy it okay exactly <laughs> and and there's these images of, of these cars that have a certain look to them you know it was a, a very very dirty time there's images of uh like mario andretti after the indy 500 when he won and everything out under his goggles is black from all of the the tire rubber hitting his face and the soot and the exhaust and Everything here is just, you know, pasty white. It looks like he's yeah. just gotten a massive sunburn.
1: Yeah.
2: Now the thing is you, it's easier for more people to get into it, for sure. If you go look at, um, you, you can Google like Japanese Grand Prix and look at the Japanese Grand Prix and anybody who's anybody's out there with a 500 millimeter lens and a Nikon D5 or a Canon 1DX Mark II and they're taking photos. And so anybody can take a photo. But it really takes somebody who understands what they're doing to create either art or to, to create the shot. You know, yeah. it's not just about getting a shot. It's getting the shot.
0: That's, that, that's beautiful. because that, That's literally where I wanted to go and wanted to hear because um, you guys are honing your craft. Each time, right? Again, i someone like me, or, or an amateur, or someone just going picking up a camera at, at Best Buy, we're, we're just out there taking the weekend warrior shots. We go on a trip, hey, let me just take a shot of the mountains, put a couple of filters on it, think it looks great, right? But you guys are you're 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 designing and and trying to portray reality onto a, a digital format or onto a format so someone actually can. And this is just my, my thoughts. Someone can live through your experience, what you capture. You're you're very minimalist in what you do, Daryl. You you shoot mainly black and white. You, you can't mess with that a whole lot, right? I mean, that that's just literally what you see, and and it's very clean. Nick, the the stuff that you shoot is is very, I'm gonna say high contrast, right? I mean. Well, I think it's just because of the atmosphere and the environment, right? A lot of colors and things like that, right? So you got a lot of yellows and reds. So you 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 pull that in, but you show the movement. Uh, again, someone going 200 miles an hour, or however fast around the track, but mm-hmm. very very minimalistic, very simple. Again, show, bringing the layman into your experience. So while while again we are trying to do s- skin toning, uh, highlights and fancy filters to try to make our pictures look whatever better. But, and you guys who are honing the craft, the professionals are actually going for the simplistic, look at this for what it's worth and and enjoy it. That's, that's an interesting dynamic that I don't think folks really understand And, and and adhere to a lot, right? We're always trying to improve on it. You're, you're trying to show the minimalistic value of, of, of reality. There's a reason for that.
1: Um, you, um, I met you um, mm. during um, when um, Silicon Valley released their their episode regarding Blacks in Silicon Valley. That's that's mm-hmm. how far we go back. Um,
0: way way yeah, before the gray hair, brother. Way, way
1: before, before <laughs> when I was a young guy uh, working for a, uh, writing for a website called Tech Help resu- re- Reviewing Cell Phones. God. The problem with photography is you that old, yes, I'm old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the problem with photography is they push gear first. They talk about gear first. They talk about setting second and they don't care about the subject. That's mm. the wrong order. Mm-hmm. Outcast says you got to go to work, put it down and then get paid. Ooh, there,
0: there it is right there.
1: So the you, right there. So what you need to do is what the one of the first things I did when I, when I started seeing my work improves, is I start studying great photographers, which is why you hear me. Mention these photographers, mm-hmm. Al Bello, um, Neil Leifer, Naoko Fikuda, because to be great, you got to study great people. Forget settings. Mm-hmm. Look at what these images look like. Look at what they're capturing. And there's not one setting mentioned. So mm-hmm. you got to understand your subject matter. Get in, this get into it. Make it mean something. Because if you're just putting a bunch of settings on an image, you don't really care. And then why should a viewer?
2: That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, I have to kind of echo what he's saying there. I think one of the things that um, uh, I definitely got caught up with it at the beginning was these general rules of thumb about how you're supposed to photograph automotive-related items. And so there's you know rules like oh you know always shoot incredibly fast when the car is coming towards you, or shoot incredibly slow when the car is is coming by you, or Um, You know, you you always have to shoot wide open or you always have to shoot, and by wide open, I mean the the widest aperture you can get, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that. And you do get caught up in the the specs of it. And there's a misconception, and I think it translates to pretty much anything. Music, uh, art, everything is, you know, you have to have the best equipment to be able to do what you do. Um, Just thinking about music, take John Bonham of Led Zeppelin and you put that guy on any drum kit and he's going to sound exactly like John Bonham. You know, it's not the gear that makes the sound. It's it's the, the person behind it. It's the, it's the bolt that's loose behind everything. Yeah. So like when I look at it and I look at the photographers that I look up to, um, uh, one of my buddies, Art Vega up in Dallas, um, Jamie Price, who is an amazing photographer out of North Carolina. Um, Darren Heath out of New Zealand. He's a, he's an English photographer, but lives in New Zealand. These guys, they take motorsport and they turn it into art and they, it's a hundred percent the subject first. And then they always include their, uh, EXFI data so people can look at it. Um, and I do the same thing, but I don't do it so people can imitate the shot. I do it because I forget what I was doing at that time. And sometimes (laughs) I like to have a reference material to go back to and be like, what, what did I do to do that? Um, it doesn't matter what camera or anything like that you use. You could take a photo with an iPhone and could make a billion dollars off of it, or you could spend a billion dollars on equipment and make one dollar off of selling something. So, it's very interesting that dynamic.
0: Yeah, I was, and I was going to ask you about that too. I mean, because since we were having this discussion, do those settings? And you know, we geek out, right? We're, we're technologists, we're engineers, we 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 do you know other things as well. But putting those. Uh, Settings, ISO numbers, things of that nature on on your shots. Do you do that for the layman? Do you do that for other folks in in the trade and the craft? But I think you guys kind of kind of answered it saying, you know, it, it's really irrelevant to the folks who who know because if you if you're inside, right? If you're in the craft, if you're in the industry, you understand what goes on behind the scenes. But it, it, it's almost more for either one memory retention right? trying to remember what you did or for the folks that are outside just so they can see that I know what I'm doing and this is how I set up this shot kind of thing.
1: I don't post except data. And um, for one, I just don't remember to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, I never think about it. Um, second, I can give you the exact settings I shot a, I shot a photograph at. Your shot is not going to come out that way. Lighting changes from venue to venue, situation to situation, Um, shoot, sometimes day to day. Um, Mm -hmm. For instance, there's a venue that's very popular in Philadelphia, 2300 Arena. If you're a wrestling fan, it's the old ECW Arena. Mm. One day, the lights were warm temperature and warm intensity. I can actually shoot at, let's say, 1600 ISO. Next thing, they made a light change. I'm shooting at 4000 ISO. So you really don't know by giving you the settings, you can't duplicate what I'm doing. Instead of asking me my settings, why don't you ask me my setting and what was my goal? What was my goal? There you go. Again,
0: draw, drawing on the creating the experience as opposed to just creating a, a blueprint, right? That, that's probably not going to be different for, for every architect that's out there trying to, try to create something. So more, make it more personal as opposed to technical. And also, that's, it's, that's, that's,
1: it's more so understanding the why instead of the what. The why mm-hmm. is more important than the what. If you understand the why, you'll answer the what in any situation you're at.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Your guys, b- b- both of you have the majority of what I, what I see, your, your collection, your portfolios on, on, on Instagram right now. And, and in, in the show notes, I'll make sure to include links to these so folks can see those. From a monetization perspective, out, outside of your affiliations and your accreditations, do you have a portfolio or a studio where, where you're selling your art? Your
2: your art. Uh, for me, no. Uh, mostly because the what I do with my photography is for those who would like to have something, whether it's a something that they want to download or or something that they want to have printed, Um, I like to be able to offer the gift of photography and make something memorable for that person that actually relates to themselves. Um, So finding an image of their favorite driver or their favorite favorite sequence of turns or things like that to be able to give them something like that. Um, I don't monetize my photos because... The last time I took a part of my career and applied money to it, when it was a passion, I lost the passion. And so I haven't wanted to do that yet specifically because um, that happened. I used to teach uh, middle school and high school percussion. And when I added the money value to it and then there became a cost motivator, I lost the passion for what I had. And it became about the dollars per minute versus the, the smiles per dollar sort of a thing. Um, and I kind of ruined that. And so with this, because I don't need it to supplement my income, I can enjoy myself and I can actually go out and try to create art because I can't draw to save my life. But occasionally I can press that shutter and I can get a really, really amazing image that I'm very happy with. And it makes all of those hours worth it. Um, to go out for a six hour endurance race, if I can come home with one amazing image that when I look at it says, you do know what you're doing. That's
1: all it that matters to me. For boxing, I'm normally hired by a promoter or a publication, so that's how how I personally monetize that. Um, I much rather do that than having to do day to day sales, because what happens is when it's when it's your dime, it's your time. So what I've come to find out is more customers will actually like to hire me to imitate work that is opposite of what I do based on the work I mm. do, which I think is interesting. Mm. So I pretty much leave my um, my commerce to my boxing work mm-hmm. and individual pieces of that work. Um, you can enjoy it, but I don't really make a make a point to sell it. However, I do I am in the process of putting a book together seeing how that works.
0: You had a book you you had a coffee table style book at one time.
1: No, that's my portfolio.
0: Okay. Well, well, talk to me how can, how can someone get a copy of that? I mean, you you show pictures of it, you know. I'm trying to make you a couple of dollars here. Bro. I understand, but um,
1: <laughs> that is what I would take to if I was to be bidding on a job.
0: Okay. So okay. when you
1: walk, when you walk into the door or you walk into my studio and you say, "Well, okay, well, we heard your pitch. What's the evidence of what you can do?" Yeah. And then I'll lay that out for them. Um, I got that from the modeling world because normally that's how they'll do business. They'll take their book from from agency to agency. So I decided to be different and have a book for when I talk to people about my my boxing photography. I love that. I love that.
0: I, I, I like the synergy amongst what both of you said as well. You're you're doing what you do because you love doing doing it. When you when you bring in external factors, monetization, financial, those kinds of things, there's a, there's a chance that you can lose that drive, lose that passion. And I, what what you said, Nick, really resonates with me. I mean, the, the whole idea of the only blessing for me out of COVID has been I've been able to, to lock down and and get. ITN Infotainment News Live up and running more effectively than I have over the past 10 years. I mean, it's it's been more of a passion, and now it's become more of a a forefront. But don't do it for the monetization. I don't do it for the Google subscribers or or whatever the case, or the views. I do it because I get a chance to talk to folks like you guys. Daryl. I haven't seen you, like like you said, (laughs) since... uh, Look, man, the <laughs> a, no a Demo. decade, <laughs> right, right. Oh my God! So, so me having the opportunity to sit and talk with folks like this from Philadelphia, from Austin, I'm in Northern California. Just have these experiences. That's what it's all about, and having these interesting conversations. I'm. It's more selfish for me because I learned from you guys and and everything that you just both said. I'm gonna I'm going to digest and. And, and utilize. Hopefully, make myself better, and hopefully, the the viewers and the listeners take a snippet of what you have said as well, and can can grow and, and find some positivity. Because twenty twenty has been a trip, right? And, and we we all need some positivity. So you 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 two gentlemen are definitely focused on the right things. Let let me ask each of you for us novices, us amateurs in photography. Do you guys do you have a Best practice or a tip that that we could use when we go out with with our Sony, Canon, Nikon, Android, iOS device, or whatever, trying to get that great family photo. How, how do we get all the kids to smile? How do we get the dog to stop barking? What what? How, how do I get that that, that good shot? Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I'll I don't
1: put know. You about that one. I'll put you both on the seat. Put you on the seat. I don't know how you would do that. Um... <laughs> because I really don't do family photos. However, I will say the key to getting anybody to look at you is to give them a moment of focus and a moment of attention. Don't be all in your camera. Don't be looking at your lights. Don't pay pay attention to shoot the subject. The more attention you give the subject, the more attention the subject will give your camera. Yeah, that's that's
2: pretty good. Yeah, I mean it's one of the roles of kind of being a photographer in a way that i've learned from really trying to imitate the people that i look up to and aspire to to work alongside is it's your job to be a part of the moment and to capture those things but your job is not to to be that that moment and there's one thing that I see, and I, I saw it when I when I shot this year of, of groupings of people. You had the guys who had been there and they've been doing it, and everything was old hat, and it was just going about the business. There was guys that me was a little bit newer to the scene, um, still trying to get you know the sea legs under us, and so you didn't quite always know where to be at the right point in time. And then you had the people who had no idea, um, and they they got in the way, and it was all about them. You know, I need to get this shot. I need to do this. Um, it's your job to be able to go and do that. So you know, Daryl's right find that focus point, be able to draw something to it, make yourself, you know, mold into everything rather than mm. be the only thing. And you can really come up with amazing photos and you can catch a lot of amazing moments that you would never otherwise have because uh, too many times things are scripted and you really want to get that emotion. Yeah. And, and it's really, really hard to do that if everybody looks at you and you're waving your hands like, I'm the photographer, look at me. Um, that can be really tough. Yeah.
1: And, and also, um... I find the biggest thing with novices is that they'll be so confident in their equipment that they don't forget their equipment. So what I would say is just really understand your camera, know what it can do, know what it can't do, and mm. make it so it's an extension of yourself. It's no more than a tool. Uh, you don't hear carpenters going on and on about their hammers or their screwdrivers. They could pick it up and they could seamlessly wield magic with it. You got to do that with your camera.
2: Yeah, That's a good point. yeah you basically
1: got to take your your stuff and you got to know every
2: button, every function, every feature. You should be able, you know, what do they do in the military, right? You have to be able to field strip a rifle and assemble it blindfolded. You, you almost kind of have to be able to do the same thing with, with your camera. And that was something I, again, to go back to music, being a musician, took that from... How do I, you know, play the drums? I can play them completely blindfolded. I know where everything is on my drum set at any point in time. Same thing with the camera. I can pick up any Nikon camera, and I know 90% of the layout of that camera just from already using it. And I can take just as good of a photo on a D7200 or a D3200 or whatever it is that's 10 years old as I can, a brand-new camera. Um, It's all about what I'm doing
1: at the end of the day. Because definitely for boxing, you... Like I said, you got that three minutes. You can't take your eye off the subject. So you're having to do things while looking through the viewfinder while you're framing the shot. You still got to make changes right from there so you don't have time to sit there and figure it out. Um, And plus, the more you know your equipment, the more you're ready to handle something going wrong. I like that. Okay, yeah,
0: yeah. Don't that's a don't good don't, point. don't go in half baked in a sense, right? Don't don't no, don't go in half ass. Actually, if you're going to drop some dollars and, and get some equipment, go ahead and read
2: that. And and he's right. You know, you want to be prepared for that. I, I just did. You know, when I was I was shooting a wedding two weeks ago for a, a coworker and i'm looking through the viewfinder and all of a sudden this flashing thing popped up in it and i was like what what is that and it was a card read error on my secondary card and so i just knew the easiest way for me to do it was um because i was running dual cards i could pop that bay open i pulled out that card and i shoved it back in again just to see what it would do and it immediately reset itself and it was just had a little dust on one of the pins and that was all that I mean, it was like that moment of panic, but it was a real quick pop open the door, shove the card, pop the door back, good to go. But I had to, I mean, if I was no idea what was going on, I, that could have been like, well, sorry. Yeah. And this was before the ceremony even happened. You know, oh, so wow. it's like imagine being hired to do that. And then you come back like, sorry, my equipment didn't do. <laughs> I got I got no pictures. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, that's
1: something that's something else that's very important. Wow. Um, and I would like people to know people who like your photos don't care how you did it. They don't care if it's film. doesn't care if it was shot with a 40,000 medium format camera, it was shot Hmm. with... They don't care. If they like the photo, they like the photo. So stop leading with your equipment and lead with your art. Lead with your vision. So, um, Whether, no matter what you're shooting with, lead with that instead of I spent X amount of dollars on (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I will the, tears, the latest yeah. and greatest <laughs> the, the latest and greatest red or, or whatever camera nine, that, that's out there
1: because 9 times out of 10 they don't know what you're talking about we know yeah. what we're talking about because this is what we do but the person that that you took the picture of if it's blurry they don't care if it costs you 40 grand to, to take a blurry photo their photo's blurry and the Good person point. with the iPhone took a better photo they look Good at you point. like an idiot hmm
0: Mm-hmm. I paid. I paid for you, and when my my cousin over here <laughs> took a picture with a two hundred dollar camera phone. Mm. Yeah, that's good stuff. Gentlemen, talk to me about what's next for you guys. T- t- tell me about what's next. How folks can get in contact with you if they want to see some yard. I know. I know. I already put up the. Uh, the Instagram feeds, but if you want to read those off, and uh, if you got any events coming up, I know it's it's still COVID, so you probably can't go out and do a whole lot. But if you mask up, you can go out there and do something. Let, let
2: me start with you, Nick. Uh, probably the easiest way is just through the Instagram page. Uh, so that's my last name pronounced Rayhor, so N Rayhor photo or N H R E H O R dot F O T O. Instagram and Facebook, probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. Um, right now, just trying to make it through the year and wait for kind of a reset on when we can start to go back to the track again and shoot a lot more. Um, you know, it's right now I, I, kind of funny, kind of like Daryl was saying earlier. You, know, you you make a little bit more money from the thing that you 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 don't necessarily focus on versus the thing you are focused on. So I've yeah. I've made more money this year doing uh, weddings and taking photos at coffee shops than I have actually taking photos of race cars, but. Um, you know, I'm just kind of looking for things that are fun, that I can enjoy, that I can challenge myself with right now so that I can take those things and, you know, learning from taking photos at a wedding to maybe take a better photo of a pit crew at a race or to to frame a shot a little bit better and just make sure I'm more cognizant of my background. Um, So really, really working on that and then kind of taking some time to experiment with things. Uh, One thing I've always wanted to do is do some long exposure, night sky photos so maybe okay. going out, and finding a place to take a nice wide angle of the stars, um, just to have some fun, you know, and yeah. really, really challenge myself with the equipment that I have um, and get to know those things a little bit better. I like it. I like it.
0: Honing your skills, working on your craft and, and still stretching yourself a little bit. Yeah. Just, uh,
2: and, and actually one more note I'd like to say outside of that, Yeah. Lear- learning Lightroom even more effectively and becoming more versed in how to okay. edit appropriately rather than just applying a math filter to everything and being done with it. Um, that is my number one struggle <laughs> is, is editing a photo to give it the look that I want because you can very, very easily ruin a photo um, by just relying on presets and not understanding how it works. And so I spend, so so much time in Lightroom, purposely screwing up photos just to figure out what happens because I can reset that at the end of the day. Um, memory is cheap, so use it. You know, that's, that's true.
0: That's a whole. We can have a whole other show about that too because I'm I'm a Creative Cloud uh, subscriber and yeah, I, I've way over <laughs> saturated and 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 look, I, I, yeah. I've. I've done some fake HDR stuff and, and it looked like I was taking the picture from, off of Mars or something so we, we can have that conversation as well by ourselves <laughs> Mr. Cobb what about you sir
1: um, and just just a note I'm a capture one guy <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um, the
0: two Nikon guys they're, 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 I was looking for some type of uh, difference there, there we go
2: there we go,
1: um, what's next for me uh, well easy way to, to reach me um, on Instagram at Darrell Cobb Uh, Which is my boxing work And at studio by DC Is my studio work and fashion work And modeling work Uh, What's next for me I am waiting to hear back regarding um, uh, An artist residency Here in Philadelphia Um, I applied for that And hopefully that will start My large format project Where I'll be shooting on a 4 by 5 film So while everybody's trying to go forward I'm going backwards I love that um, I'm always been enchanted by four by fives, eight by tens, and from my research, to four by five is the most accessible with getting development done and and finding equipment for. So that's where I'm starting.
0: Man, I wish you success with that. That that's going to be an interesting project, and definitely keep us uh, informed with that. I'll be looking on the site for when those come out for sure. Gentlemen, I, I must say, I, I like again, I will selfishly say I learned more from you than you probably disseminated out and, and you, you may have gained. Uh, so for your time, I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for the information. I uh, thank you for sharing a little bit about your craft uh, and, and, and the fact that you are serious professionals in terms of what you do and what you put out and, and you care, again, not about the device, the piece of equipment that's in your hand, but again what what the end result is going to be. You care about the the model or the or the driver or the scene and making sure that you capture that effectively. So that being said again, thank you guys for your time and I look forward to talking to you uh soon. You guys be well. Sounds yeah, great. Thank you,
1: sir. Definitely well. great. Have a good day.